Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. It's do the right thing! <laughs> show that wants to do the right thing in any situation. For example, what is the right way to make apple crumble? Reminds her that her mum is Gwyneth Paltrow and her dad is in Coldplay. <laughs> I'm Danielle Ward and with me trying to do the right thing today, a man whose beard looks like the beard the teams would come up with on the Design the Beard Week of The Apprentice. It's my <laughs> Ostentatious, the improvised Jane Austen novel, or middle-class pornography, as it's also known, is Carrie Ann Lloyd. She's got a name like a lady who would marry her cat in a documentary. It's Margaret Cable. as Malaysia's number one Sue Perkins tribute actor, Phil <laughs> And let's not forget the person with all the right answers. It's our very own master of mansplaining, Dan Schreiber. <laughs> Round one is the importance of being right. The importance of being right. Just like the woman who tried to buy a nice dress from ASOS and ended up joining ISIS... ...problems <laughs> <laughs> and problems online. In this round, I'm going to give each team a scenario and they're going to tell me what is the right thing to do according to God's own World Wide Web. So... The first scenario is Michael and Cariad. Like Bjork, Damon Albarn and your mum, you've gone to Iceland. <laughs> you take in all the sights, the Blue Lagoon, the hot geezers, the whale watching expedition to see some playful minkies. But unfortunately... <laughs> unfortunately, Cariad has booked a little hotel near Hecla and she didn't read the small print because Hecla is an active volcano and it erupts. So what is the right way to stay safe near an exploding volcano according to nationalgeographic.com? Oh. I think the main thing would be don't go back. So I'd move away from the hotel. Well, do you know, I've never thought of this before. You're absolutely wrong. Why do people live near volcanoes? Yeah. You go, oh, there's a firework display, but don't go back after we've lit that firework, but we'll live near a volcano. <laughs> do you know what? We deserve to die. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the right answer? <laughs> Is it um, to not go anywhere near a hotel that Cariad's booked? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm good at booking hotels normally. You're not, you're, oh, normally. Normally I am, yeah. I must have been drunk. <laughs> or I didn't want to have a nice time with you, so I booked a bad hotel. Yeah. So we could blame it on that and then I could dump you there. <laughs> I'm assuming we're going out because it's my <laughs> Yeah, that's your problem. You assume we're going out. <laughs> Is there like an eye of the volcano? Like, 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 storm. like it's not like if, so. If you sit oh, in the middle of the yeah, volcano, get into right, it. You're no, okay. it's, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, you're right. Volcanoes are like wasps. <laughs> you just ignore it. It's more scared of you. In Pompeii, like if we learn anything from Pompeii, and we all should, is that if a volcano. Oh, I was going to say, if a volcano is coming towards you, that's yeah. <laughs> uh, so if lava's coming towards you, do a good pose. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to be caught like flipping the bird at the volcano, because then I, when the archaeologists find me, like this guy was a badass. <laughs> I feel like I'd be doing something like sniffing a pair of knickers. <laughs> why are you sniffing? Yes, knickers? Why are you sniffing knickers? <laughs> I don't know. I've never done it. <laughs> Top, you go, oh, I've got another wear out of it. Nick is like, right, yeah, one more day. <laughs> You're right, I'm finally free. <laughs> Has anybody been to Pompeii? 
Loads of people. It's very popular. <laughs> <laughs> Margaret, so apart from posing in a sexy position, yeah. what else would you do to um, get away from a volcano? Just a really, like a really cold surfboard. <laughs> I definitely don't want to do what Phil is doing and go back in. <laughs> Indiana Jones gets in a fridge during a nuclear blast, and that's all right. So maybe just get like a fridge. Get in a fridge. Get that'll a be an answer to everything. That's, that's what a documentary, right? You get in a fridge. Bad advice for children. You're not meant to get in a fridge. Oh, you can now. <laughs> go ahead, kids. They've worked out. I've worked out a way of, get, of uh, pushing the door so you oh, can get out. Right. Oh, that's good to know. <laughs> Is anybody mine's in one now? <laughs> I've, been, I've been to Iceland, yeah. and the volcano there is known as the volcano that started the French Revolution because it erupted and the ash blocked out the sun in France, ruined the um, harvest, and that was the last straw for the peasants, and they revolted. Not very funny, but it would be a little bit. No, it's, uh, yeah, it's good. Phil, when you were in Iceland, did you visit the Penis Museum? Um, no. Oh. <laughs> Said with regret. Yeah, I really, I really wanted to go. I was with my girlfriend, and she, she was like, I see enough of that. <laughs> <laughs> I would think it would have been a bit of a busman's holiday for us. So. <laughs> There'd be a wang among wangs. Uh, yeah. Homecoming. You sign that visitors <laughs> book. <Yeah. laughs> so happy. My favourite thing about the penis museum is um, there's a blue whale penis that they have mounted on the wall, and it is 170 centimetres long, which is taller than Prince R.I.P. <laughs> Purple now. vein. Oh. There's something. There's something. There's something here. There's something here. So, Margaret, do you prefer to be too hot or too cold? Oh, too cold. I can't bear being hot. I've got a friend who comes from Northern Ireland and she... Yeah. Would... <laughs> <laughs> Not you. A real friend. Uh, yeah, someone, right. someone, someone who lived in her town, famously on the one hot day of the year, covered themselves in olive oil and wrapped themselves in tinfoil on the beach and cooked to death. What? What? <laughs> Yeah. What, what was the tinfoil for? Yeah, she thought that would make her extra tanned. And yeah. some onions. <laughs> <laughs> Must she have been a weird disaster sort of scene which smelled delicious. Yeah. <laughs> Did she not notice it was happening and get out? Or is it like no, we don't know. I think she'd cooked herself like inside. Like boiling a frog? And, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She could. Is it a bit dark? <laughs> it's not dark at all. She's a fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> the fucking idiot. Yeah. That should be a Channel 5 documentary. <laughs> <laughs> the woman who cooked herself to death on the beach. <laughs> I'd watch it. Oh my god. She warmer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be doing this entirely. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep throwing the over. Uh, Michael, how about you? Is Volcano one of those things that you'd like to see before you die? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm slightly attracted to things that might kill me. Like, because I've. Uh, yeah. That's how we met. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, obviously, in, um, what do you call that place? America, that's it. And, uh, so it was a tornado, and there was tornado warnings. Okay, oh, we've got to go into the cellar and lock ourselves in because we're all going to die. And everyone did. But I went, I, I, I have to see it. <laughs> if we're going to die, I want to see it. It was too exciting and it was so scary. So I reckon if I was near a volcano, I'd go, ah, brilliant. Like, <laughs> also, when I was in Australia, saw a funnel web spider. I went, holy shit, it's a funnel web spider. Everyone in the room screamed. And I went, is it? <laughs> and I had to get closer to it. Michael, were you turned on at this point? <laughs> I was wanking anyway. <laughs> I sort of think when you're near death, that might be quite an erotic thing. Yeah, right. It's, yeah. A, bit, it's a bit. Yeah. When Obama came to London. <laughs> oh, she still thinks that's a near death experience. <laughs> so a rude. black president. <laughs> <laughs> Get over it, mate. <laughs> when Obama came to London and yeah, uh, those big Osprey helicopters landed in Regent's Park, that I was like genuinely very scared, but also really turned on. Yeah, <laughs> it's hot. Yeah, it's hot. Helicopter. What I'm saying is, I think when Pompeii happened, I'd be there sat on the washing machine. <laughs> 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 Margaret's in the fridge, so you're all <laughs> <laughs> you're having a great time in the kitchen. It's all about the white goods. <laughs>
Uh, right, so a simplified question would be to ask <laughs> if your hotel isn't in the path of any lava or mud flows, what else should you try to avoid? Well, so it's near the volcano, but it's not in the path of a volcano. Yeah, you're not in oh, the mud and lava the old, flow. Well, the ash. Is it the ash? You've got to close your windows, maybe don't breathe it in. Brilliant. Oh, 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 plug up the filters. <laughs> Buy an inhaler. <laughs> Put a bag on your head. I've, I've run out, I've run out. <laughs> Let's go over to Dan Schreiber, oh. who has the actual answers. So the actual answers come from nationalgeographic.com. Uh, the main bit of advice, which no one really hit on, is stay away from active volcanoes. <laughs> <laughs> we did say that. Both were holidaying there, so you obviously went there. You've decided not to go back once it erupted. The general thing is just actively don't right. book a holiday. Okay. So we already yeah. missed a point because of the question. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was an unfortunate it's original sin all over again. <laughs> And there were a few almost points that you guys, you went in the wrong direction at the last second. For example, you are meant to stay indoors. So actually, I'm going to have to award points, not to you, Michael, but your friends in America who did stay indoors when there was a tornado, because actually that is the proper thing to do. Now, do they have a story about the time they saw a tornado? <laughs> <laughs> Very good point. Uh, yeah. Point. Uh, well, you did get a point because you did point out that what you should do is stay indoors and actually block up every single yeah. passage of air that can come in. You also get a second point because one of the biggest, most painful deaths that you can experience is not through the lava, but through the ash. It gets you in every way. It can go into your lungs. If it hits you on your skin, it can burn right through you. It can poison you in every respect. So if you're in your house, if you have a chimney, block that up. If you have anything that allows air in, you need to block that up. So you got a point for that as well, which is very cool. I, think... I don't know if this is too late in proceedings, but I have just remembered that I grew up near an active volcano. <laughs> Yeah, I grew up. I grew up on the island of Borneo. Was British North Borneo? Empire big up. <laughs> and, uh, and we were very near Indonesia, which had at least one active volcano. And from time to time, it would erupt. We wouldn't see any lava, but the smog would come over to Malaysia, and everyone would just put on these masks and you go about your day. And but it wasn't until Dan started talking about volcanoes that yeah. this triggered yeah. your memory. <laughs> so this rings a bell. <laughs> Making stupid puns. <laughs> Talking about your willy. <laughs> Margaret and Phil. Having grown bored of not being part of the capitalist machine, you've decided to set up your own company that makes sad blankets. <laughs> A blanket to wear when you are sad. <laughs> It's the night before your big dragon's den appearance and you need a good night's sleep. But oh no, your new upstairs neighbour is having loud sex to Metallica whilst also doing the hoovering at 3am. So what is the right way to deal with a noisy neighbour according to lifehacker.com? I had to have you had noisy yeah, neighbours? Yeah, we had some horrible guy who used to shout and he was really... Well, some of the time he was really weird and frightening and would literally spit at our feet as we'd pass in the hall. And some of the time he was absolutely lovely and would offer to carry the buggy and whatever. You know, that's obviously quite a freaky thing, you know, shout a lot at, at night. Ill. No. <laughs> Twins! <laughs> oh! Honestly, after five years, <laughs> saw them together! <laughs> one of them smiling, <laughs> one of them scurling, and it's only a twin! been the noisy neighbour. Oh. It's not, not a proud moment. I was, when I just moved to London and I put on a party, that's what you say, right? And um, I didn't tell anyone of the, my neighbours, which I should have done and learned that now. I was worried it wasn't going to be a fun party. And then at about 1am, my neighbour came over really angry, like, it's really loud, can you keep down? And I was like, oh, thanks, shit. Like, All right, this party's kicking. Uh, but then in, in his, he wrote a letter to me the next day and it said, whoever came to the door appeared very intoxicated. And I replied saying that was kind of the point of the whole thing. I do, I'm better now. I send a little, I, I give out chocolates and things before it happens. It's like watching porkies. <laughs> They're too young, Michael. They're too young. It's like watching American Pie 3. <laughs> See? They love it. I loved it. They love it. Michael, you're an angry man. Fuck you! <laughs> uh, what do you do when you've got noisy neighbours? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> I've had noisy neighbours. I dealt with them spectacularly. <laughs> he worked at night, so he'd come home at 
three in the morning or something like that. And, you know, quite rightly, like, he wouldn't <laughs> go straight to bed. I mean, it's right after your working day. I totally understand. That's fine. Watch a bit of telly, have a beer, enjoy yourself. Do not blast music really loudly. <laughs> now, I would go upstairs and knock on his door and go, Hello, I'm in bed. Will you please switch that music off? No, I'm really enjoying the music. I went, well, I never thought of that. And <laughs> <laughs> cursed him. Uh, so this went on for a few weeks and I didn't really sleep and therefore I went mad. So what I decided to do was, during the day when I knew he was asleep, I would play very loud music to which he, of course, would wake up and then he'd start banging on the floor, which I'd hear via the ceiling, and then I'd get a brush and I'd start banging on the ceiling, but in a different room. <laughs> would be all around his flat at all fucking time. Your poor other neighbours were just like, what the fuck is going on? I spoke to my other neighbours. They thought I was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> it lasted a week. <laughs> I won. <laughs> he died. Harriet, have you ever had a noisy neighbour? No, but I'm quite noisy when I have sex. <laughs> That's the only time it's ever happened to me. I'm Are sorry. you noisy all the yeah. way through or just at the important bits? Um, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> That's the it starting the point. Alarm. <laughs> That's the it's reversing. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I've learned to behave myself because it is too much. And uh, when I was at university, yeah, we were having, a, it was very loud and very long. And because we were being so loud, they were banging on the ceiling. Therefore, like, my ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't realise. And then it was sort of in time to the shout, so they had to really bang quite a lot. I sort of thought it was us. <laughs> like, oh, this is so good. The room is shouting with us. <laughs> and then, That's then, how Stomp was invented. <laughs> <laughs> and then the worst thing was our front doors were like this, and we were both face to face the next morning. And that made me go, oh. I'm going to try and behave. Because <laughs> it was very embarrassing to be face to face after I'd been screaming for three were hours. They, were they not three yeah. hours? I was a student. <laughs> what was wrong with it? his penis? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. So, Margaret, how would you deal with this noisy neighbour? Well, oh, what would you God. do in the first instance? Mm, uh, put my house up for sale? <laughs> it's just all so awkward. I was thinking of making some stickers that say your music is too loud oh, and just putting them on paper <laughs> <laughs> and seeing if that works. I did once put a note in someone's hood <laughs> that said, what makes you think you are above the law? <laughs> Like he's got a suggestion box. <laughs> I hope he found it. When I lived in Brighton, I had a really noisy neighbour. So I was getting from a gig at one o'clock and they were still going and it was really horrible. And I'd like leave little notes and nothing. So they had this big painting outside their flat and I took the painting and put it in a wheelie bin and then left a note going, where's your painting, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Stop being noisy. No one moved out, it was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like when I was cross with my sister and I used to put a spoon that she didn't like in her bed. I mean, it's not very logical, is it? It's not really making your point well. We all have spoons we like in our beds. <laughs> it's a spoon that used to set her teeth on it. <laughs> She hasn't. <laughs> Dan, uh, what are the actual answers? So the actual answers, according to lifehacker.com, uh, Michael, you got one straight away. The simplest response is to knock on the wall or ceiling. I've given you one and a half points because you've taken that one step further by knocking on the wrong room. Uh, <laughs> all of you almost touched on something, which is their big suggestion is that you should also just write a polite note. And you all would have got points for that, apart from the fact that you all wrote extremely nasty. <laughs> <laughs> Passive-aggressive notes. <Yeah. laughs> 
Uh, what about his chocolates and nice things now? Uh, He's learned. Bribery, essentially. Yeah, see, there was still quite a nasty spike on the edge of what you were saying. Mm. Do you want to? I'll give you a point. That's a good point. Oh, yeah. yeah. What about, well, I've stopped having noisy sex, so I've learned. Okay, six points for you. Okay. <laughs> I've never had sex. So, <laughs> I can't do anything about that. <laughs> But so the uh, life hacker then suggests more drastic measures that you can go to. Uh, one of them, actually, Margaret, you hit on, and I've given you half a point for this. Spoon um, in the bed. Every <laughs> time, <laughs> spoon in the bed. So it's actually with the stickers, with the sticker idea. They don't say that you should be doing stickers. But what they say is you should communicate by using your Wi-Fi network to tell them. So rename. <laughs> why not rename your Wi-Fi network to yeah. be? Be quiet, flat four, or <laughs> turn down your awful music. And then I've also given, Michael, have you got another half point because you talked about music, attack the actual music itself. What they say is, and this is actually really interesting, and maybe someone should try this, apparently what you can do is you can actually hack into your neighbor's speakers if you're clever enough. So with a few cheap tools, a bit of tech knowledge, you can actually transmit your voice through their speakers <laughs> while they're mid-act and tell them what you think. Oh, yes. <laughs> like the DVD extras of sex. <laughs> um, so at the end of that round, Dan, what are the points? The points are Margaret and Phil are on five and a half, and Michael and Cariad, due to Cariad's big six point number, are on ten and a half. <laughs> Coming this summer to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, it's Michael Legg and his brand new show, Jerk. It's an afternoon's light entertainment with Michael Legg on the harpsichord. 60 minutes of harpsichord classics including Bach's Minuet in G Major, Rachmaninoff's Suite No. 5 and Shout Out to My Ex by Little Mix, all performed by me, Michael Legg. If I've learned how to play the harpsichord by August, if not... I'll just be screaming in your face about how awful my life is and how awful you are. That's the plan. It's from the 3rd of August to the 27th of August, starting at 1.20pm at The Stand, venue number two. You can get tickets at thestand.co.uk or edfringe.com. Love you, bye-bye. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Like Tom Hiddleston demonstrating his personality, <laughs> this next round is agony. <laughs> In this round, I'll be getting the panel to solve some problems from our audience, but before that, I'm going to start them off with a letter sent to a real agony aunt to test their advice-giving skills. Margaret, <coughs> would you please read this? I will. Dear agony aunt, I am a member of Historical Reenactment Group, and during a recent staging of the Battle of Culloden, I found myself chatting <laughs> to a handsome new member. To my delight, he asked me out for a drink. Since then, we have gone on several lovely dates and bonded over our shared passion for 18th century weaponry. <laughs> I'd like to invite him back to my house, but there's just one problem. I'm concerned he'll be put off by my pet cat. He's a vicious old ginger Tom who has driven a wedge between me and previous partners. He even caused one ex an injury which required a trip to A&E. <laughs> I really want to take this burgeoning relationship to the next stage, but how can I tackle the subject of my very naughty cat? 
Michael and Carriad. What advice would you give this poor lady with a cat and the poor lady who goes to historical reenactments? <laughs> <laughs> well, I like historical reenactment things. I do it once a week. Yeah, the Lewisham Northern Irish Troubles. Very accurate. You would genuinely think Lewisham, if you saw it, is Belfast in the seventh. <laughs> And when we speak, actors actually do our voices for us. There's a lot of fun to be had in there. There's actually a huge mural of you, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. On the side of my house. It's like, no, I can't help myself. Lee Bobby Sands, Russell Kane. What does it say on the banner underneath? <laughs> It's Gaelic for we don't like Russell. <laughs> <laughs> and that's terrible because I don't really know if Bobby Sands liked him or didn't. <laughs> anyway, I am putting words into the mouth of Bobby Sands, which would have happened anyway if he had lived a little bit longer. I like Bobby Sands, he was vegan near the end. Come on, Come on. <laughs> Nothing on my card relating to this. I would say, for me, it's so obvious, and I know some people are cat people, but it's like, it's just. No get, people are actually cat people. <laughs> get rid of the cat. Get rid of the cat. Of like, the what cat. if you're constantly losing boyfriends, relationships, and injuring people? Get rid of your cat. I'm not saying kill him, but maybe kill him. Really, they should have no sex with him yet. You'd really get rid of a cat. With okay, or oh, give it to someone else for the date. So, like, take it to a friend for like a week. Yeah. See how the date's going, and then if you're like, nah, cat set back. it on him. Set it on him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think dress him as a jacobite <laughs> and, and invite the boyfriend round. Yeah. Give him a chance. Yeah. Give him a chance. Oh, and yeah. whoever wins. Has a sexual relationship. Phil <laughs> 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 Wang, have you ever dated someone with a vicious pet? Um, no, sorry. No. <laughs> <laughs> Although, can, can you in ten minutes remember that you did? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, hang on, my oh, mother yeah. was. Yeah, my mother had a tiger. I dated a Rottweiler. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Michael is. Um, so Michael's got a dog called Jerk. Has mm. she ever taken against any lady? No, she doesn't. She doesn't really like anyone or anything. No. You know how sometimes they say, "Oh, uh, pets resemble their owners." <laughs> um, jerk hates everything and it's very beautiful. <laughs> but it's never been a personal thing. She just hates. I did think she was racist for a while. <laughs> I did, but it turns out she just doesn't like hats. <laughs> anyone with a turban and I was going oh my god I have raised a racist uh, turns out it's just hats my daughter um, when she was sort of two or three saw a man in a turban and said look daddy there's a genie <laughs> and, and so my husband tried to explain Sikhism you know briefly and she just went he's a genie <laughs> Twitter and uh, Sanjeev Kohli um, said that his dad is a, a turban Sikh and says gets it all the time <laughs> and just grants kids wishes. I tell you what the harm is, Margaret. Disappointment. Oh. <laughs> Wang, are you dating anybody at the moment? Yeah, my girlfriend. What? What didn't go to the penis museum with me? Oh, yeah, yeah. that's a long relationship. Like three years. So when you first started dating her, if she'd have had maybe a chinchilla that didn't like the look of you, mm. would that have put you off pursuing a relationship? Yeah, I do remember now. <laughs> oh, so easy. Just like yeah. <laughs> You've been with her for three years, and you would have turned it down because the chinchilla vaguely didn't like you. Well, I didn't. I wouldn't have known at the time. They would could have gone on for three years, but I think the dog would have pushed it over, <laughs> over the edge. I, I do remember now. Actually, I did have an ex-girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Was she a volcano? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she just shot out dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Um, she gets paid very well now. <laughs> yeah. You see, she lives in Japan now. Uh, <laughs> I, had, I had a girlfriend who I didn't... It wasn't a violent dog, but it was like a King's Charles Spaniel. 
red in a very focused manner, and its eyes are like pointing the wrong As way. As is traditional for the kings of As England. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's how it got yeah. its name. It didn't look anything like King Charles. It wasn't violent. If anything, it was sort of lobotomized. It's um, <laughs> my favorite kind of dog. I'm not really a dog person. I'm more of a cat guy. I do actually like cats, but I'm allergic to cats, so that I have to make myself hate them. But if you get remote control... Remote <laughs> you, control cat. Remote control, no, an actual remote control for TV. You can stroke the cat if you're allergic, and they don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> I do this with every cat I meet, I get a remote control. They love yep. it! There is a great trick for sedating cats. Um, it's, it's to... <laughs> I do like cats, man. This is a completely natural, nice way to do it. If you grab them by the back of their neck, they completely collapse because um, that's how their mothers carried them as they were kids by the scruff of their neck. And so they would just relax. But you have to, the vets actually get hair clips and you just put it on the back of the neck and they will just. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only interested in lobotomized cats. <laughs> is the actual answer from our Agony Aunt? So the advice, the Agony Aunt in question is Colleen Nolan. Uh, <laughs> and this is in the mirror that she published her response. Uh, she published four possible answers for what to do, none of which did you Hedging guys get anywhere near uh, any kind of answer. Oh. So, some of the advice that she gives. Uh, firstly, she says, think about your cat like an unpredictable dog. Would you invite someone with an unpredictable dog into your house if you owned one? No, they might bite them. It's a very bad move. So, that's her opening gambit. She then says that there is genuinely ways of preventing the cat from attacking if you want this to be a serious relationship. One of the main things is, why don't you look on the website of the RSPCA? They have tons of information about how to train animals. So effectively, she said, I can't be bothered Googling, why don't you go on? <laughs> um, I'm giving Carrie half a point because one of the other suggestions that Colleen makes is that what you should do is when the boyfriend comes over, why not introduce him to the cat? Let them sit down, let them thrash it out, let them chat about it. And then once they've got on, just take the cat into the next room and then get on with what you're doing. So when you said, let's get the cat out of there, it's exactly that. However, not a full point because she thinks there should be bonding sessions before that. Yeah, in costume. <laughs> so half a point to you for Thank the costume you. thing. That was effectively a bonding session taken yes. to the next level, yeah. And finally, uh, she says, I'm wondering if you'd had him neutered. If not, perhaps a trip to the vet is in order. Uh, yeah. Is she talking about the cat? <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't specify. Good point. Thanks, Dan. Now they've learned how a real agony aunt does it, let's see how the panel deal with some problems from tonight's audience. So the first one I've got is from Maddie. Is Maddie here? Maddie's problem is my landlady keeps making my bed for me. What can I do? So she's coming into your flat making the bed for you? Yeah, so it's more like I'm lodging where she lives. So right. she comes into my room oh and makes my bed for me. Oh, no. That's the creepiest thing. <laughs> you know what I'm going to suggest, don't you? <laughs> evidence. I haven't caught her in the act, oh, okay. but I, the corners are very much tighter than I know how to make a bed, so I'm just Oh, so you suspicious. make the bed, and then she comes in and remakes, remakes the bed. That's way worse. Yeah. <laughs> it's odd, isn't it? There's something... Shit the bed. Shit the bed. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. That's your answer to everything. <laughs> Can you lock the door? So she can no lock on it. There is a sign on it asking me to shut it quietly. <laughs> I'm telling you, shit. The bed. Yeah, I think shit the bed. Trust me, messages left in shit really help in your troubles. I actually, I'm sort of thinking maybe he's right. But it doesn't have to be a large one, just a small one. So then she would maybe not be sure that it was a message, but she'd be unsettled. Oh, you, what you could do is put them on, on the corner. <laughs> Or do you think weird, like lay all your clothes out as if you were there underneath the duvet? <laughs> Put a big mirror under the duvet so when she gets it off she just sees herself. <laughs> Maddie, uh, have any of these been helpful? <laughs> I think I'm gonna go home and shit the bed. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
shitting the bed deserves a standing ovation. The next person is Ashley. Is Ashley here? Hi. Hello, Ashley. Oh, hello. hello. I am a bold man and people regularly kiss and or fondle my head without my consent. How can I stop this from happening? So, any advice for Ashley? Shit the head. Yeah, I was going to say... You can make, like, a Jesus crown of shit. So that they just don't come near it. No, that's quite good, though. A crown of thorns, that might be a bit painful. Or uh, writing, get off. On, yeah, on the post-it note, I see you. <laughs> I see you. Ashley, um, tell me some more about this situation. Well, oh, it tends right. to happen mainly in pubs and clubs. People get a bit exuberant, and then I will feel myself being kissed <laughs> on the head, and I will look round, and there will be normally a man. Um, yeah, is it men that do it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's they, like you're a woman in today's world. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd say, oh... I've got another bout of chemotherapy next week. <laughs> Say it at all times. <laughs> That's good. Do you know that stuff, stop and grow, that you put on your nails? Oh, yeah, yeah. You? If, yeah, sheen of that. Yeah, that so would really tell stop. Anticline paint tool. <laughs> yeah, anti paint! <laughs> what about an eye patch? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Who's going to fuck with a bald man with an eye patch? <laughs> Yeah, I like that. I like that. Yes. Or uh, cut your hand off and replace it with a hook. <laughs> <laughs> Go the full Abu Hamza. Yeah. Yeah. I think Michael's right. You need another talking point. Yeah. yeah. You need something to distract oh, them. <laughs> a wheelchair. <laughs> if you want people to stop touching your head, get a wheelchair. Yeah, they would. You're welcome. <laughs> I've nailed that again, haven't I? <laughs> Ashley, has anybody, has, anybody, has anybody given you some great advice? I uh, don't think my chemotherapy one is the best. So I kind of points. do. Uh, yeah, sure, why not? Uh, Michael, <laughs> I think, with the eye patch, I like that one. Yeah, that's good. Points to Michael. Thanks to Ashley. What are the scores after that round? I don't want to know. <laughs> the scores are Margaret and Phil have nine, and Michael and Cariad have 15. Oh! oh. Believe it or not, there are some questions the internet can't answer, like, why does my belly button smell of bomb? <laughs> <laughs> In these instances, we need to ask the expert. Ask, 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 ask. In this round, the panel have to think like experts in order to work out the right thing to do. So let's welcome today's trained professional from Antiques Roadshow and Collectaholics is Antiques expert Mark Hill. <laughs> so Mark, how did you get into antiques? I've collected, I think, pretty much since I was a small boy. So pebbles, stamps, fountain pens. It, it got me through university. Are pebbles uh, antiques? Uh, <laughs> really, really old. <laughs> and can I ask, um, do your pants smell of mothballs? Purist eau de vie. Anything old, it smells of mothballs. But why are you buying pants? <laughs> and why are his pants old? Yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> we're going to move away from this. Um, right, in a moment, the panel are going to have a second guess what Mark would do in some antiquing scenarios. But before that, you've got the chance to get to know him a little bit better with some questions. So has anybody got a question for Mark? What's the newest thing you own? <laughs> My iPhone, probably, and it doesn't wind up. It has a battery. <laughs> Is it? Yeah, it's all done. You should have a Nokia with Snake. <laughs> what's your favourite bit? Like, of hit, what's your specialist What's your favourite bit? <laughs> what's your favourite bit of history? But I assumed he'd know that and I wouldn't have to add it in. Actually, probably the 20th century. I think oh. so much has gone on, it's really rather good. But the most favourite thing I think I've ever sold was something that was reputed to be a rather personal part of Rasputin. Oh. You could say it was Rasputin's favourite bit. I mean, if you know a little bit about history, you'll know apparently yeah. something was sliced off. And uh, this was brought in for sale, um, and we put it into an auction. And this guy insisted that that's what it was. We, we had it analysed, and it turned out to be um, a fossilised sea cucumber. <laughs> 
Yeah. So your, your favourite bit, your favourite bit is Rasputin's cock. <laughs> <laughs> Out of embarrassment, I once bought a tie signed by Angus Deaton. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't going well. <laughs> and I panicked. <laughs> because Angus Deaton had essentially ruined a tie. That's what I'm trying to sell. How much did Is you it pay worth for anything? It? What's it worth? Not a lot. <laughs> Can you get the autograph off? Because <laughs> then you could just eBay it. Would you accept money from the American government to go and gather? Uh, the Ark of the Covenant, knowing that Nazis were also after it. <laughs> my face didn't melt in the meantime, I, I, I might consider it. In Antiques Roadshow, when you're talking about a piece and there are people who just stand around watching, do they just turn up or do you go, Oi, Antique here, and then they come flocking like bees around the No, not really. Uh, There's always a sort of group of people standing around wanting to hear, so uh, okay. they're corralled, but they're very patient and very good, and we're always very grateful. Good BBC what? answer. <laughs> um, these are all very good questions. Um, I think we've all got to know Mark a little bit better. So here's the first scenario we set to him. Mark is on an antiques bonding weekend in Scunthorpe. David Dickinson is driving the minibus while Tim Wanacott reads the map. <laughs> Be a really old man. Getting into town, they make a beeline for the nearest charity shop. As Mark enters, he spots an interesting-looking brass knob. He thinks could be a very rare piece. But, oh no, the other experts have spotted it too, so how can Mark make sure he's the one to get first dibs? Margaret, what do you think Mark would do? Well, he's a bit BBC, isn't he? Mm. He's possibly not going to be underhanded about it. Oh no, he's raising his eyebrows. Yeah, okay. (laughs) He's a filthy liar. <laughs> you, you pick it up first. Can you just shout shotgun? Unless <laughs> 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 it's like antique shotguns, in which case. That quite confusing, I guess. And um, Carrier, do you own anything old? <laughs> Um, yeah, we've got an old cricket bat, actually, really? from the 19th century. How come? Because my mother-in-law collected it. She was into cricket. And it's on the shelf. That's not I nice didn't thing. want it on the shelf. <laughs> I thought it was ugly. But then he pointed out that wasn't very nice and he should be allowed some things in the house. <laughs> <laughs> you know what you do at your house? You just slowly clear their things away. <laughs> just all of his things are over there because they're just not as nice as my things. Yeah. <laughs> Margaret, doesn't your husband collect... A load of old shit. Crap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Old baby, so that's good, isn't it? In the wardrobe. <laughs> yeah. What's he got swords for? He's got. Get rid of it, mate. Get rid of it. Yeah. <laughs> I know, but what do you do with swords? What do you do with swords, Mark? Well, I'm just a bit more worried about. You've got cricket bats. You've got swords. It's sort of something. Weaponry. Sort of, yeah. Aggressive yeah. husband thing going on it's here. Maybe because Carrie and I are such cunts. we will go mad. <laughs> we will run riots. So you have to have a slight bit of fear. Doesn't your husband mm. own a tricorn hat? Uh, yes, he has a couple of Napoleonic hats. He also has a bag of shrapnel from the Crimean War. <laughs> hey, in the bin, in the bin. Just in the bin. And then when, where is it? I don't know, you put it somewhere. That's it, the answer for the rest of your life. And he will think he put it somewhere. They always think they did. Because yeah. <laughs> you can be like, I don't even touch that bag of rubbish and they believe you. It's really great. <laughs> Basically, you're saying that Mark would just stick it in a bin. <laughs> no, with the knob, I think Mark would be very polite, but I think what he'd do is he'd pick it up, but then talk to them about something over there, and then they would be distracted and he would just go and buy it. So I think it would not be underhand as such because it would seem very polite. You show you a, a pack of cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you go antique hunting like a lone wolf or do you have like a wingman? Oh, always, always a lone wolf. Mm. Yeah. Prowling in the background and then... Pounce. Strike it. <laughs> 
Sounds very sexy. (laughs) (laughs) It's antiques, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's what they say. (laughs) So, Mark, what would you actually do in this situation? It's all about the hands. Grab that knob. (laughs) Vitally important. As soon as you lay your hands on something or pick it up, it takes quite an act of violence for someone else to take it away. It is yours until you pay or you decide to put it back again. But then you've got to watch this. I got elbowed in the chest by Celia Imry once. I tell you, she's got sharp elbows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Famous, famous, famous. Mark, who do you think was closest in the round? Margaret. Definitely. This is the second scenario that we put to Mark. Mark is browsing an antiques fair. In the corner, an old lady has set up a stall, and on it, Mark spies a rare lighter. On asking how much the lady wants, Mark is told £20, but he thinks it could be worth £500. Before he can pounce, the old lady says how nice it is to talk to someone because all her friends are dead. (laughs) Mark wants the antique, but the lady is so nice, what would he do in this situation? Phil Wang, what do you think Mark would do? Money over everything. Well, she's in the antiques game. She gets it. She knew what she signed up for. <laughs> she knew she was facing up against a legend. <laughs> <laughs> you, you didn't get here by giving them the right amount. So I'd say... Um, <laughs> pay the 20 and cash in, I'd say. Harriet, what do you think Mark would do? I think... No, I think he might like go, oh, £25 or 30 but I don't think he would tell her because I agree with Phil. Antiques dealers... You know, they are the pirates of modern day life. <laughs> what he could do is pay her what she wanted for it, but then buy her a friend. <laughs> Michael, what do you think? I do? think you'd be very charming because you're a very clearly a very charming man. Thank you. You much. would talk to her, have a really nice time with her, just chat with her, and then after a really lovely conversation, <laughs> which is basically giving her the company that she craves. You would just go, do you know what? I've had such a lovely time talking to you. I think I will buy this blame lighter from you. Here's 20 quid. And she'd go, oh, what a charming man. And then you would leave go, ha, fuck you, sucker. That's a better impression. <laughs> Mark, everybody thinks you would rip off an old lady. I'm saying that. What would you do in this situation? Well, there are two sides to it here. I think now I'm a bitter and twisted old man. When you enter this game, you're kind of putting yourself out there. And if you're a professional, you should have done your work. So therefore, if somebody comes along with more knowledge and understands something more, fair game. So would I buy that lighter? I'd certainly think about it today. But 15 years ago, I used to work for an auction house and I did actually have exactly this scenario. And I saw a lighter, it was a little bit more expensive, it was £300. And I thought, well, that's quite good. It could be worth a grand. Didn't have £300, borrowed the money from my parents, went back and thought... Exactly as you say, this isn't right. I can't rip off this lovely old lady. And regardless of what you not see on daytime telly programs <laughs> about dealers and antiques auctioneers, we're not all charlatans, we're not all pirates, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> we are, actually. You know, we're quite honourable people. Yeah, we but love look at Lovejoy, come on. That's like, all I've got to go on is Lovejoy and Tinker. Look, with hair like that, really. I mean, but I decided I was... I'm not going to buy this thing. And I was going to front up. And I told her what I did, and I asked her to bring it into auction. I put it in one of my auctions. My £300 lighter sold for 10 grand. Oh. <laughs> Honesty doesn't always pay. Oh, oh my God. If but you're a better person than all of us. No. Does that make it better? No. No. <laughs> so, Mark, after that, who would you award some points to? I'm going to go four points to Margaret, three, <laughs> two, and one. Oh. <laughs> Thank you to antique expert Mark Hill. So, before we hit the final round, what are the scores, Dan? So, Michael and Carriad have 18, and Margaret and Phil are creeping back with 17. Oh! oh. It's time to do the wrong thing. Tell me what is the wrongest thing to do in any given situation. The winner gets to become Pope. <laughs> <laughs> the round ends.
depends when we hear my horn. <laughs> so, you find a ghost has fallen asleep in your wardrobe. What is the wrong thing to do? Get four women to destroy it and then whine about it online. <laughs> uh, uh, wear it to the BAFTAs. <laughs> uh, confuse it for bed linen, cover your bed in it and then shit on it. <laughs> the men's rights activists want you to host their awards ceremony. What is the wrong thing to do? I'll do a really good job and get invited back. <laughs> Every time you fart, a bullet comes out of your bum. What is the wrong thing to do? Uh, yoga. <laughs> you can make one of your fingers glow like E.T. What is the wrong thing to do? Put up your bum and get people to see where it is. <laughs> your life partner wants a Saturday kitchen-themed wedding. <laughs> what is the wrong thing to do? Do it on a Sunday. <laughs> Stick it up your bum and see if it glows. <laughs> Mary Berry invites you round for crisps again. So what is the wrong thing to do? Try and fill the fold in her neck with the crisps. So, <laughs> so you can flare up like that small dinosaur. <laughs> Child's birthday party after the clown has started crying. There really is no point sticking around. <laughs> Dan, what are the final scores? Michael and Carrie Ed have 22. Margaret and Phil have 24. Oh! I'm so happy. I'm the new Pope. <laughs> well done to Margaret and Phil. Thanks for watching. Goodbye. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.